Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight. Our guest today is Nomi Bahar. She's a holistic spiritual counselor and a self-healing, self-actualization expert. She founded uh, and is the director of the White Cedar Institute for Expanded Living and the creator of the Gates of Power Method. She's trained in psychodrama, gestalt, bioenergetics, and primal therapy, all psychotherapeutic modalities that utilize expression, creativity, imagination, and intuition. Ms. Bahar has been counseling and coaching for over 26 years, as well as lecturing and uh, leading groups and training and facilitating workshops and so on. Anyway, today we're going to discuss her new book, which just came out yesterday, called Gates of Power, Actualize Your True Self. It's from Findhorn Press, good friends of ours, and I am so delighted to welcome Nomi. Welcome. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you. Delighted to be there. <laughs> Nomi, you know, I was reflecting on your book and your path from, from a very tense childhood through the Israeli army to becoming an actress and finally a psychotherapist. And two things kind of stand out to me. One is that everything in our life is a lesson and, you know, the good and the bad. And yes. two, that you really need to invest the work to to understand what the lessons are and to, you know, let the bad go and really put yourself on the path to self-actualization. And that's what your book is all about. Now, tell us uh, a bit about yourself. How did you come to, uh, on this path? How did you come to conceive of the, the notion of gates of power? Um, well, I started my practice uh, about 26 years ago plus, and being a creator, just being a person who is very creative, uh, you know, before, before starting my practice and during my practice, I've been engaged in the arts, uh, performing arts, acting, dancing, producing, choreographing, writing for the theater and so on. I had a dance theater for about 15 years and I've been in the theater since a very young age. So I'm very creative in the way that I think about things. And I would uh, experiment with creative processes with my clients. And of course, I'm coming the background are all these modalities that you've mentioned, and they are very um, experiential, all of them. So I kept pushing the envelopes with my clients because I realized that we, it's not, we don't have years and years and years and years it's, it's better to find something that would um, help people transform all the facets of their life together at the same time. Usually, traditionally in therapy, you speak about the issues that you have and you kind of like sit with the issues. Um, I decided to take a different 
approach, and that is to look at the totality of their life, they, their, their spirituality, their creativity, their energetic and physical existence, their life path, their goals, everything. And out of that uh, desire for a total holistic approach came Gates of Power. Because Gates of Power does just that. It uh, energizes and liberates and synchronizes all seven facets of your life, which we call Gates. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting that you um, put such an emphasis on creativity, because that's really what gives the juice to life. Yes. And, and I think that's unusual in most of the modalities that one hears about. That's right. That's right. So my clients, they move, they make sounds. Uh, the ones of them that make music sometimes use their music instruments. They write, they draw. Uh, we do a lot of authentic movement, authentic sounds and expressions. And we do a lot of meditations. We do, you know, a lot of um, energy, you know, exercises and processes to understand the body's energies. Um, so it's a very alive uh, kind of a program. It's very comprehensive. Uh, your your book actually is like a university course. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> I know it is. But when they're doing it, it becomes very natural to them. In the beginning, they have to understand the concept. And then once they begin to move through the processes and the exercises, they, bec they just become like fish in water. And it's very... It, it becomes, um, they love it because they're expressive, they're meditative, they're creative, they're emotive, they are physical, they're, it, it, it's, it's, it's a total thing. And we, it's a natural thing for us to want to be total because that's our nature. And there are so many different pressures in our lives that fractionate us. So, you know, we're, we're one person at work, we're one person uh, in our social group, um, and sometimes it's difficult to find who our authentic self is. That's what I so much liked about your approach. You really, really guide people to, to finding their authentic voice. Yes, yes, because, you know, what else do we have really, really by the time that we're ready to leave this life? I mean, I, I would think that the most important thing is that we found our expression and that we were able to love and be loved and contribute and be creative and expressive. What else is more important than that. But that is often a very scary thing for people. How do you get over their fear of exposing themselves? I think that 
But one of one of the important um, concepts of gates of power uh, is the concept of the three aspects of the self: the emotional, the defensive, and the expanded. It's like the inner family or the inner team, if you want to call it. The one that is afraid is the two that are afraid are the emotional because it got hurt, and then the defensive, which is the protective modalities that we've conjured to make us safe in this life, uh, then the defensive self is trying to do everything to avoid being hurt. So these two are the ones that are uh, struggling with the fear. The expanded self, the part of us that is wise and witnessing and connected to the great self, is the part that can give us courage and guidance. And we spend a lot of time when we do the gate of dialogue on the inner dialogue between those three. Because you can imagine them as a family, two kids or two twins, and a parent, a mother, father, parent. And if the, if the parent is loving, if the parent is giving them a secure sense, a secure home, then they will be more um, open to express themselves and be out there in the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. So as, as, as you work through the, that inner dialogue to establish the expanded self, as the guide, the loving guide and the parent, and heal the emotional and give it a lot of emotional support and relax the defensive and give it a lot of reassurance and guide, guide, guide it that the world is not as dangerous as um, it might feel to it, you are starting to create a more comfortable place for them to be in the world. You know, one of the things that um, both astonishes and, and deeply saddens me is how many children um, are raised in a family where they do not feel safe. Right where they're constantly, um, you know, belittled, and they internalize this. Um, at the end of the day, this seems to be, it's a bit like the irritant in a pearl. The layers that you put around your pain seem to be what makes you who you are, the way you overcome the pain. But not everybody gets there on their own. Um, how, how did you manage to get to where you are, do you think? Personally, I can answer that. But before, 
I would say that those irritants, as you're calling them, can either create a very hard shell around you, which will not be a pearl, or if the transformation process uh, is, is deep and true, then it will create a pearl. So it depends what is it that we do with those hurts and with those um, experiences and challenges that we had, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you look around and you see a lot of people that the hurts has made them closed and defensive and very mechanical and very shut down and, and not really using that as a fertile ground. So I want to say that it's very important to work on that as a fertile ground needs to be uh, watered and you know, fertilized and, and so on and so forth. Just like being a garden, you need to, to take care of it. Um, how did I do it personally? Uh, for me, it was a lot of layers. I, I mean, I wish that I knew my method when I was working on myself. Uh, because I had to piecemeal everything. Um, you know, going to therapy, of course, I, I, I did about four trainings, and in each training you had to do like about 100 hours of, of personal therapy in this modality. So I have a lot of therapy on my back. But I also worked a lot of things through my creativity. And um, a lot of deep insight and a lot of deep healing through my spiritual process, too. So I did my emotional work, I did my creative work, and I did my spiritual work. I've been a meditator since I was 25, I think, so it's many years now. Um, I studied a lot of spiritual texts and spiritual, Mm -hmm. uh, explored a lot of spiritual... uh, Teachers, yeah. Teachings, yes, Mm -hmm. a lot. And I worked creatively constantly um, by moving and by writing and drawing and and also, you know, on, on stage um, doing performing and creating pieces, but also personally, personally I have like a whole wall of journals. Um, so I wrote a lot, personal stuff. I drew a lot. I painted a lot. You know, I'm, I'm not a painter. I, I doubt that any of these paintings are going to go you know, on the wall of somebody. But I did a lot of painting. I moved a lot, meaning moving and making sounds and crying and, you know, releasing and exploring my emotions. Um, so I had a lot of years of of work, but I I realized that there is a way to make it easier for people by putting all these ways of working in one system that can give that to them, where they are using their spirituality, they're using their creativity, they're using their emotions, 
their understanding of their body and all in one under the same roof in one way of working to mm-hmm. me it's very important because mm-hmm. i could have short i mean i wish as i said that i knew that it could have shortened my process and helped me well give I mean, us an give us an example of how you you work with a client you know Uh, you you have some very interesting case studies in your book yes how do I work okay when they come in we take the first two sessions to look at their inner map and we do it together um, pretty much after a few minutes or I would say 20 minutes the most 25 we understand what is the What I call the crack in the vase, that frail spot that uh, puts the whole psyche out of alignment. Mm-hmm. And I just might add that in your book, in your book, you um, show people how to take themselves through this process of self-inquiry. Right. So once we find that, We look at, okay, what are all the symptoms? It's, it's just like if you go to a very good um, doctor, you know, really, really good, the one, holistic ones, they would, they would want to look at the root cause of your symptoms, right? I do the same. We look at the root cause. Once we find that root cause, we begin to look at how it's affecting all the gates. How is this let's say that I find that um, the, 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 the root cause or that frail spot is self-hate, self-rejection. Let's say that we find that that's what it is. We look to see how is that affecting the gait of the body? Where are the stressors? Where are the tensions in the energy field? And they can tell me, they tell me usually right away, and I can look and see, and I can point out to them. Here's a chronic spot, here's chronic here, these, you know, and they, 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 they kind of identify it together with me. Then we look at the gate of emotions, and we see how it's affected. And we go gate by gate, and we write notes. And immediately after two sessions, and, and we also look at how the aspects, the three aspects of the self, how they are relating with each other. And usually, let's say if you have that self-rejection theme going on, you would find that your defensive is constantly putting down your emotional and criticizing. So you can find immediately that there is a conflict between the two of them. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, so um, if you identify that this is the, the root cause, um, how do you have them deal with it? Well, then there's a whole program. Gates of Power is a curriculum, um, a seven-level curriculum. So they're starting by... 
um, aligning, first they understand all of that. Once they do, it takes a couple of sessions, then they're starting to align everything. And we start by the inner dialogue. If your defensive self is continuously criticizing you, your emotional, and putting you down, and badgering you, and rejecting you, you cannot be whole, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to start with the inner dialogue. And I teach them to sit in each one of those aspects and to experience it and to begin a series of dialogues where you can bring the expanded self into the dialogue and begin to introduce a more loving, a more positive dialogue. It's very hard to explain that in, in words and in five minutes, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to explain that in the book as much as I can, and I give um, a lot of uh, examples of inner dialogues, including my own inner dialogues. And so the inner dialogue, that's the first thing that we take care of. Like level one, we do when it's a workshop, we, we actually do those inner dialogues out loud. Uh, each person gets two other members of the group to be the other parts for them. And you can begin to hear how you are dialoguing inside of yourself. If the dialogue is abusive, if the dialogue is, what's going on? How are you treating yourself? What's, what's your real relationship with yourself? Do you That's, find that your clients are, are sometimes surprised by what comes up? Oh, yeah, all the time, on all the levels, because it's so profoundly creative, and there's so many, like, expressive exercises that they're they're continuously surprised. At some point, they learn to trust it. And um, if I go to somebody, okay, walk around and and just talk to your, you know, or walk around and scream, and they they wouldn't look at me funny. They'll just go and they'll do it, and then they go, oh wow, that was mm -hmm. good, mm -hmm. you know. They just learn to trust the expressiveness and. Um, you you use a lot of visualizations too, don't you? Yes, yes, because we have the gate of silence, and in the gate of silence, we use a lot of different meditations, um, and among them, a lot of visualizations. So, gate of the body has a lot of of uh, exercise and processes that are energetic to understand the energy where it's blocked and how to free it and how it's connected to emotions and how it's connected to the inner dialogue. You know, gate of emotions is a lot of emotional exercises. So each gate offers a lot of different ways of opening up that specific gate. Maybe it would be a good idea just to tell us what the gates are. The gate of the body... And that means your energy field, 
um, the form of the, that the body has taken, um, like your posture and all the physical expression of your emotions and your psyche in your body. So the body is like what comes out of the printer, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the body is the mirror. Mm-hmm. And so we look at it to understand it. What is it mirroring? And where are the blocks, the energetic blocks, and how they correspond to uh, emotional or spiritual blocks? Okay. Is that, is that clear? And we also look at how you're treating your body, how you're breathing, how you're eating, how you're exercising, or you're not exercising, are you sleeping? patterns of um, sometimes addictive patterns and, and so on and so forth. So there, there's a lot to observe in that, mm-hmm. the gate of the body, and a lot uh, you can work with it opening the energy field. Okay. And that would affect the emotions. You know? Okay, that's the second gate, yeah? The second gate is the gate of emotions, mm-hmm. you know. So, of course, there's a lot of work there. You know, many times uh, uh, all the painful emotions, the traumatic uh, imprints are there mm-hmm. in, in that gate, and they affect your emotional self. Sure. And the next gate? Is the gate of dialogue. Gate of dialogue is the gate of relationships. Relationships with self, because that's where all relationships start, mm-hmm. and relationships with others right. and the world and in life. And the next one is the gate of creative expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the gate of fun, as we say. It's the gate uh, where you explore your creativity. Your expression, your playfulness, your um, kind of childlike self. Um, yeah, very important gate. Um, the gate, the next one is the gate of life path, which is um, your lessons and your contributions and the important things that you are dedicated to. You know, you can say the mission, you can say your life direction. Uh, it's, it's um, what's the most important um, in your life that you mm-hmm. are What you're all about, right. And, yeah, cherishing. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the gate of silence, which is the gate of meditation and prayer and communion with the oneness, the greater, the greater self. And uh, then there is the gate of knowledge. And knowledge is knowledge of life and living. Mm-hmm. Knowledge of truth. It's the gate where all the big questions um, are being explored. Um, So your your, um, visual of gates of power, these are like different levels or portals that we have to go through and 
um, somehow uh, open up and get into order. I, is there a particular order that we should do them in or that you do them in? Um, no, I actually do them every level. I do all of them on that level. So it goes up as the levels go up, but all the gates are being worked with at the same time. And the levels? Sense. And the, the levels go up. It, it's like going from white belt to black belt, uh -huh. right? You're a martial artist. Right. I mean, you, you, you constantly are training, but you're just going up. It's, it's a deeper and more, you know, here is an image that I would, that I usually give people when they first, um, when I do an introduction. I say, imagine that you are a garden, and around the garden there is this beautiful structure of seven panels of, like, long, big windows. Um, and at, in the middle of the garden, there is this wonderful light, which is you, your soul. Um, I say all those panels, which are the, the portals of that light, which is you, and they're also radiating the light from outside of you, all of all of those need to be cleared and open. You don't want those panels to be barred or muddy or broken. Um, and you don't want your, the inner being, that light that sits in the middle of the garden, you don't want that to also be, uh, you know, covered by a black shawl or something. You want that to be free. Mm -hmm. And so if that helps, that's the, mm -hmm. maybe how to think about it, mm -hmm. that there is a, a, a center of light, and that light needs to be freed within itself. So all the aspects, those three aspects, need to work together in unity and um, in, a, in a positive, loving, radiating way. And that would radiate through those gates and all those gates or panels. They need to be free, unblocked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like the notion of a of windows that you can kind of uh, shine your light out into the universe. Yes, and the I suppose your life control. experience would make them like stained glass windows with your particular spectrum yes. of colors. Yes, yes. So you know, you know, we say the windows of the soul. Mm -hmm. That that's what they are, really. Mm -hmm. um, so you, those gates are portals of your energy. Different facets, yeah. Mm -hmm. Different facets of, yeah, that your energy expresses itself through mm -hmm. them different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, you do need a body, and you want that body to be expressive and, and free. Mm -hmm. You do need emotions, and you want them to be expressive and free. And the same with each one of these gates. So what we do is 
we look at where the mud is and where the blockages are, and, and we clean it. We clear it. Mm-hmm. I laugh. I say, I'm, I'm God's cleaning lady. <laughs> I, it, and I say to people, there's nothing wrong with you. There is just mud. Let's clean the mud. Let's, clean, let's clear out everything that is not really you. Because the you is already there. And it's already whole, and it's already radiating. It just has these covers on it. It's interesting that um, most of us hate washing windows. Right, right. So um, I particularly enjoyed your chapter on life path, because that's something, you know, finding one's purpose is something that people particularly turned on to the holistic life mm-hmm. are struggling with. What do you think are the most useful ways of kind of zeroing in on one's purpose? On one's purpose, yes. Um, I think we need to ask ourselves what truly, truly makes our heart sing. Not what our parents want us to, want us to do, not what other people do, not status, not money, not materialism, not what makes me look good, fame, fortune, and stuff. What really, really deeply moves me? Does that make sense? Yes, that's a theme that we've been hearing more and more often in many, many different ways. Uh, I'm reminded of Andrew Harvey. I heard him speak once, and he said, look at what makes you cry. Um, Where to find your passion? Yes. What makes you want to get up in the morning and and do? Yeah. And or express what touches you? What as you said, what makes you laugh? What makes you cry? What makes your heart move? Um what do you want to how do you want to love people or love life? How do you want to express your deep love to something? What matters to you? If you just knew that you have very limited time to live, not like you you have you know some horrible disease or anything, you just you just have limited time. What would you choose to do with this time? Yes, I think it's so easy to let life go past while you're thinking that I will do what I want to do sometime in the future. I and then know. the future just I, never gets here. I know. And that's that's tragically what happens to a lot of people. They wait for retirement to do things and then it becomes too late. So I don't think we should wait, not even one day. Um, every day is precious, and we need to to get in touch with that as as fast as we can. But most of the time, there is a lot of um, 
hard, hard, uh, crusty stuff on, on our, on our heart, so to speak, spiritual heart. And so you, we can't get in touch with it. You know, so it's, it's good to clear. Well, do you have any tech? What are some of your techniques for clearing that off? Well, we're clearing all the time. We clear all the gates all the time. You know, and when you, you have to start clearing with your relationship with yourself. If you are not accepting yourself and if you are criticizing yourself and or if you are not really listening or respecting or honoring or you don't know how, you have to start with yourself, with that inner dialogue. How are you being with yourself. You know, most people don't even take time to even uh, to, to even listen to how they are with themselves. And they often have this kind of negative backtalk that keeps on going on in the background. Uh, right. Sometimes they're aware of it, sometimes they're not aware of it, which I guess is what makes psychotherapy a lucrative profession well you know that's what the first thing that as i said that's one of the first things that we do i have them sit inside of those three aspects of themselves and listen to what they are what's happening inside Mm -hmm. of them yeah and because if you if your relationship with yourself is not loving, compassionate, and uh, you, and you can still grow when you're loving and compassionate towards yourself. That doesn't mean you you're not going to grow. That means you're even going to grow better. But if if that is not there, then it's very hard to find your passion if you're not connected with yourself. How would you find what really matters to you if you don't know who you are and you're not honoring that and you're not sitting with yourself good point yeah you won't be able to find it yeah so let's go back to the gate of silence um because so many uh teachers they all come back to the same central tool which is meditation why is that so useful um, because you are sitting. You're sitting and you're turning your eyes within. We are very geared towards outside. And when you're looking outside, um, and especially when you're being depending, when you're depending on outside, to define you or to validate you or to make you happy or whatever. You're disconnected and you're lost. So it's very important to sit and go within. And to me, meditation, we do a lot of different meditations. To me, meditation doesn't just mean sitting with the eyes closed in the classical. No, we do emotional meditations. We do uh, 
movement meditations, we do sound meditations, we do breath meditation, we do a lot of very different meditations, but they all have one thing in common, and that is going within and visiting. And when you go within, you could also find that you are one with existence. And that's very healing when you know that you're one with existence, that you are existence, and that you can find that you are everything, that you're you know, so it's arriving at a sense of connection to all that is and, and expanding your sense of identity. Yes. Um, first of all, finding your sense of identity. Yes, find- have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I say to people, find yourself first. Yeah. Find your human self first. And you can do that through meditations too. Yeah. Connect with that. Accept that, cherish that, and start guiding and coaching that and, and, and taking care, nurturing that. And then from there, you expand mm-hmm. because your expanded self is that divine spark within. So it's already, so to speak, self with capital S, so God, is already sitting inside of you. It's already there. So when you start connecting to your human self, you are at the same time connecting with your expanded self. And that's a doorway that would take you to the oneness, the ultimate self, the one mm-hmm. self, mm-hmm. the positive self. But whether or not you believe in the oneness, you still... Um... You will experience that. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a question even of believing. You, you experience that when you begin to let go of the mind, the monkey mind, and the, um, with that, the anxieties and um, as this clearing process that we're talking about is happening and you're letting go slowly, you're finding more, you're more available to find that connection, to experience it. It's not an intellectual, it's it's an experiential. Mm -hmm. Yes, you begin to feel it, that you are one with everything. And, and, but there, there needs to be a bunch of clearing happening to you before you can actually really, and it's, it's, it goes back and forth sometimes when you sit and you can hear your monkey mind and you can feel all the anxiety running through you and all the self-doubts and, and everything. You, you're acknowledging them. You're getting in touch with it. You're allowing that to move through you and release. You are witnessing it. You're observing it. And slowly you're doing that clearing. So do you think that um, someone can actually uh, go through this process using your book, or do they really need a guide? They can go through some of it through using the book, 
um, I really um, wrote the book to give people a good beginning. You know, and even if they are, they've been working or, you know, doing this work for many years, they can still find good ways, uh, good, you know, good techniques, techniques, exercises, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. You do um, give a lot of exercises in the book. Yes, and th these are just like the tip, tip of the uh, iceberg. You know, we, we, we really do a lot. I think that it's a good beginning. Mm -hmm. And then it would be better to actually either work work one-on-one -on -one with me or get into um, one of the group. Have you or, trained other people in this method? I did not yet. Um, but this will be my next step. Mm -hmm. I would need to train psychotherapists in this, and then they would be able to to do it. So I, I have a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how long do you typically work with a client to take them through this whole method? It usually takes about three years. Yeah, it, and it's better to do it, a part, you know, part as much as possible to do it with a group because that accelerates the process. Because mm -hmm. you, you listen, you're listening to other people, you're working with other people, you're getting feedback, you're uh, sharing, and you know, group is a very powerful tool. I guess it makes you feel like you're not that different and, and a kind of a sense of yes. strength, security in numbers. Yes, yes, yes. And just the, the wonderful feedback that people give to each other. And there are a lot of exercises we do, you know, in, mm -hmm. in groups, in little groups or in, in you know, a couple mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So do you do workshops around the country or just in New York? I just started now doing this um, in, a, in a larger scale, so I am definitely intending to do it everywhere. I would love that. It's such a very elegant and solid and effective method that I'd like to bring it to as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. And uh, where do people go to find out more about the method, Nomi? Um, they can go to the website, which is gatesofpower.com. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a number. Anybody who wants to talk to me can just call me. And, uh, you know, it's all there. The information is there. And I'm accessible <laughs> well you'd be a fairly at strange at this point I don't know what's going to happen a few years from now uh -huh. but um, I'm, um, I'm I'm accessible you could still leave me a message if you want to or write an email to the gates of power info at gates of power and um, I, I will respond to it always and so on and so forth but the phone number is there and people can 
can call. Great, great. So, um, well, we have been speaking with Nomi Bahar. She is the author of Gates of Power, um, Actualize Your True Self, uh, now out from Findhorn Press. And Nomi, I'm delighted that you've been with us today, and thank you for joining Thank you so much, Miriam. I feel that this was a very interesting conversation for me, too. You can find Nomi's book on our website, ncreview.com, along with thousands of other books and interviews for your listening and reading pleasure. Our guest next week is Master Didi Nard. She wrote a book called The Compass of Now, which sold 1.4 million copies and is now translated into English. It's about how one woman became financially free, healed wounds, and inspired millions of hearts. Absolutely fascinating. And now we're going to close with our track of the week. Again, a wonderful selection by Cara Johnstad called Wild Garden.
They latch on to my skin Giving me a strange sense of security Now won't you come in And join me for a disagreed. He decreed that when the old grape vines start to bear fruit again, the water will turn a bright berry red, and we shall sip the holy wine, and you will sleep nights in the garden. That was Wild Garden by Cara Johnstad from her album Naked Thoughts Unplugged. Cara is a successful singer-songwriter and a voice specialist. She's also a passionate lecturer who transforms hearts through her words and music. A citizen of the world, Cara was born in the U.S. and now lives in Europe. Her website is carajohnstad.com. That's K-A-R-A-J-O-H-N-S-T-A-D dot com. Kara is one of the wonderful transformational speakers and performers in our Speakers Bureau, Luminary Voices, at luminaryvoices.com. Now here's a sneak preview for NCR Radio listeners. We have just done a soft launch of our new radio network, ncmedianet.com. Dot com. That's the New Consciousness Media Network at ncmedianet.com. Check it out. Well, that's our show for today. I'm so glad you could join us. Until next week, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.